We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Yeah, Izzy was talking about it's Connect Launch Weekend, and it is. And, uh, and we were talking about it as a team, and as we were preparing kind of the preaching and the teaching, we were talking about that, and we said, hey, we're going we're gonna to preach into the Why of Connect group. And uh, Jordan did a brilliant job Friday. He spoke a brilliant message. I was a bit worried on Friday, so I'd already written my message, and then his title came up, and it had the word connection in, and my title is also called Connection, so I started to sweat it a bit. But then I heard he had three points, and I've got six, so I thought, well, there's at least three. Three things extra I gotta have, and uh, but I was a little bit worried. But you know, I, I thought it's interesting that we chose the topic of connection. Here's why: there's a number of ways you can communicate the value of Connect Group. One way is this: you can say, "Hey, in Connect Group, what we do is we back up the preaching because in services people hear preaching, but in Connect Group we unpack that, we talk about that, and we hold one another accountable for living it." So that's important, hey, because you can come to a service, you can hear a message, you can leave, and you may not apply that. But if you're going to a connect group and we're talking about that and we're asking you, hey, Spencer, how are you going to outwork this in your life? There's more chance I'm going to be doing that because of accountability. So connect provides that, but we haven't chosen that as a central reason for connect. The central reason we've said is because at connect group, you have this opportunity to build a deeper relationship with people a more connected relationship with people. Why is that important? Because again, you can come to a great environment like this and you can be touched and impacted through the preaching and through the, the praise and worship and God, God can touch you and then you can leave this place and you can come back again and next week he can touch you and yet you can never really be known. You can never really be known and you can never really know anyone because in a, an environment like this, it's very hard to have a meaningful connection with someone. So Connect Group is an, is, a, is an attempt to try to facilitate that. It's not the only way it happens. It can happen in a myriad of ways, but it's a, a way that we as a team, where we know it's so important, we try to create that environment. And we know it's important for this reason. Often I will meet people who are new to church, and they will say to me, I'll say to them, hey, how do you find church? Oh, we love it. We love it. The preaching's great. And often what they mean by that is the preaching is different to what I've heard before. I'm hearing new things. Then they, because here's the deal, if you've heard me preach any amount of times, you've probably heard everything I've got to say. You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's every time everything's different. I, you know, I'm going to deliver the same kind of personality, the same kind of style. It might seem great at first, but after a while, there's got to be a bit more to it than that, right? So people will say, you know, yeah, I love the preaching, I love the praise and worship. Then I'll ask the same people six months later, hey, how are you doing in church? They're like, yeah, yeah, okay. They've gone from amazing to okay, <laughs> you know. And I'll say to them, oh, what's happening? You know, and they'll, they'll tell me, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll say, hey, have you made friends yet? And they'll say, oh, I kind of know a few people, which means no. And so what they're saying is this. I love the corporate gathering, but it hasn't got any deeper into connection. You know what I'm saying? So I love the corporate, but actually it's not sustaining me. I need a deeper connection. And it's interesting because we live in a culture now that is more connected technologically than we've ever been. Right, I can communicate right now with our location pastor in Hamburg. I can text Matthias and he can instantly reply to me. He's on the other side of the world. Right? It's, it's incredible. Like a two seconds, boom, boom, it's back, gone to a satellite, it's gone to him, it's gone back to the satellite, it's gone back to me. You know, we can communicate so easily through technology. And yet, we are saying more than ever before 
that we don't really feel connected. In fact, they're saying that across the planet, there's a pandemic of lack of connectedness. And one way that manifests is that people are saying that they're lonelier now than they've ever been. Listen to this. The British Red Cross did a study in 2016 in the UK. They found over 9 million people, this is a fifth of the population, say they are always or often lonely. So we're more technologically connected than we've ever been, and yet we have a greater sense of loneliness and disconnection or maybe misconnection than we ever have. I think you can connect through media and you connect through I think it's a misconnection. It's not the real connection with the human being that we so desperately need. And so our culture is telling us there's a, there's a problem. There's a problem. And, and when we talk about connection, what am I talking about? So, so, so I'm not obviously talking about sending someone a text message, right? So what, what am I talking about? Well, connection with others is a sense of being open and available to another person as you feel they are open and available to you. So it's, 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 it's ha- someone having space and time to really engage with you. They're not, as they're speaking to you, engaging with their to-do list. You know what I'm saying? They're actually connecting with you. Other ingredients of human connection are empathy and compassion. We feel goodwill for the person we're connecting. Well, what does that mean? It means that when I come with this person, they're not just trying to solve something for me, but they, they, they wish me or they, they, they are transmitting to me goodwill. Like, I want the best for you. I, I love you and I'm for you and I'm invested in you and I'm here for you. You can feel goodwill coming from me to you. Like, I want to help you solve your problems. I want to come to the conclusion in this thing. I want to journey with you through this. I want to just listen to you, you know? It's, it's a transmission of goodwill. That's what we're talking about. It can be a personal conversation about what's important to you with someone and feeling that they actually are listening and they understand. It's taking time to listen to someone else and feeling empathy for them. It's helping someone unconditionally. Check this. Not helping them to achieve an outcome. Helping them just for the sake of, I just want to help you. It's offering sincere gratitude to another person and receiving gratitude. But it's saying, I'm so grateful for you, and not just for what you do, but for who you are. Like, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful I've got you in my life. When was the last time you told someone that? You know, we need to be telling one another these things. We need to give gratitude. We need to receive it. You know what it can also be? It could be catching a stranger's eye and both smiling. Come on. I'm not talking about flirting here. Let me just be clear about that, right? That can happen, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you can just catch a stranger's eye, you smile, and there's a connection. Like, it's a pure thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like an innocent thing, right? You know, it's like you can, you can have intimacy or connection like that. It's a shared experience with others that involves laughter and goodwill. Where did this need for human connection arise? Where did it come from? Some would tell you that it is purely a trait of evolution, that actually for us to be more effective, we've got to connect and work together. But I believe it's so much more than that. I believe that connection actually comes from God who created us. That God in and of himself is connection. Because check this, God is all-sufficient, all-encompassing, all capable, right? Without limits, right? He's this limitless, powerful being and entity that needs nothing outside himself. Listen, yet he's three persons. One God, complete, lacks nothing, needs nothing, needs no one, but is also three persons. 
So check this. In the awesomeness and wholeness of God, there already is connection. There's already relationship. There's already uh, unity and communion, right? And so then out of that, God births humanity, right? So out of the connectedness of the God, right, he births humanity. And now he says, I'm growing my family. I'm extending my family. It's crazy. And, and you know what's awesome is when you read about the creation of the world, it says often we or us, right? Check this out. 1 Genesis 26. Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. Listen to this. That wasn't one voice speaking. It was three. I often think about a voice speaking. No, no, it says us, we, our. Now, this is a community speaking. This is three voices speaking. And out of that connection birthed everything you see. The universe, the stars, the planets, earth, all life, all being, plant life, animal life, listen, and humanity. So everything was spoken into being from that community of that connection. This is profound. It is wild. It is crazy. And it's why that you and I so deeply need community. And why you and I so deeply need connection. And here's the thing. The first thing God says to humanity. So when he makes everything he makes, and he, and that, sorry, God, the three persons, makes everything they make, and they speak into being humanity, right? So, which is the creature that is most like God, right? So the creature that is most like God out of all creatures, God speaks it into being, and the first thing he says is this. It is not good for you to be alone. But I'm not alone, because I'm already connected to God. Not enough. Not enough. Come on, right? So the Godhead, three persons, one God speaks humanity into being, creates the first person and says, not good for you to be alone. God is not enough. This, what is this blasphemy? I am hearing preach from the stage. Come on, come on. He's saying, yes, you need God. You absolutely need this vertical connection, but you need horizontal connection with others. If you're going to be everything you're going to be, you don't just need God, you need people as well. You need God and you need God connection with people. You know, and there's power when community comes together. I mean, the Godhead came together, three persons, they birthed everything we see. The entire of the cosmos, right, was birthed out of that connection. And so similarly, you and I can do much greater things together than we can ever do apart. So that's why God calls us into his worldwide church, and then he calls us into local church, smaller gatherings of church, so that we can actually together help and encourage one another. And we can do so much more together than we can ever do alone. Now, one thing I'm kind of that encourages me about the issues that we're kind of currently seeing with climate, and people are extremely concerned about climate change, is the potential for it to unify humanity. Because here's what happens when you look through history, often humanity will unify, so nations will unify with other nations when they have a common enemy. It's a sad reality. Like humanity, we can't find enough ground to kind of unify for the sake of it. So we wait for this like an enemy, you know what I mean? And then we kind of unify. So you'll see nations unify together against a common enemy and have this incredible connection and bond and closeness. And I think, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if God was to use that horrible situation of climate change, right? That actually the people would unify on the planet and do something together for the common good. And so I think there's hope out of that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I think God works in all things for the greater good, hey? So I think, wow, what could God do in that circumstance? And so I want to encourage you that God wants to do something together with us together that he couldn't do alone. You know, one way to put it is like this. You know an aeroplane 
It's made up of 100% non-flying parts. Think about it. Name to me one part of an aeroplane that can fly. Think about it. Name a single part. That's exactly like you and I. We are a bunch of random parts on our own. We can do absolutely nothing, seriously, not of anything real significance, but put it together. Whoa, this thing can fly, it can take off, can push into new things, can bring transformation and healing and blessing and freedom. We can't do it alone. We're called to do it in community. We are called to do it in connection. Christian community is a family to belong to. I love this. Rick Warren, he says this, he says, people think Christianity is a belief system. He says, but actually it's a belong system. Come on. People think it's a belief system, it's a belong system. Man, you know, in this room here, I can talk about what do you believe, right? And we'll have some commonality, but there'll be a whole range of things we believe. You pick any doctrine and there will be, there will be different opinions and different information in this room. We are not all aligned doctrinally. Absolutely not. There will be a whole range of things. We're on a bunch of stuff, but there's a whole load of stuff we're not. So it can't be that that unifies us. It can't be only belief that unifies us. It has to be something else, something more than that. And so what I'm saying is it is to belong. It is the sense of I'm part of the family of God. Man, I remember I met uh, in Indonesia... Some years ago, some men who were Muslims and they'd have a complete revelation of Jesus. And as I met with them, the doctrine was all over the place, right? Like all, from, from what I had understood as Christian doctrine, this is not fitting in my box. But when I met them, I was like, brother, brother. Like as I met them, it was like something from my spirit leapt out and connected with their spirit. You know, we're speaking... There's all kinds of barriers between us, culture and language and background and doctrinal understanding, but what connected was God in us, right? And I'm like, you know, and I had this, this connection with them straight away, straight away. So God wants us to have that connection, you know, to Christians, right? But then it's got to go deeper than that. It's got to go deeper than that, right? That's great, we can, but it's got to go deeper than that. And that is what we are talking about this morning when we speak about this connection. Connection is, is when you're part of this, able to say, I'm a part of it and it's a part of me. You know, it's saying I'm involved. I am known. It's my home. This is my family. I give into this community and it gives into me. And everything we do as a church ultimately is to facilitate that. Now, lots of things we do facilitate lots of things, but one of the things that's always there is this necessity to create connection, like real connection. And it's why we, one of the reasons why we do services, corporate services. Why? So we can gather together. There's something about worshipping God together that you cannot do in your bedroom on your own. You, know, you can have a killer worship session on your own, but there's something about coming together in community. Right? It's why we do play groups, right? It's why we do marriage and parenting seminars. It's why we do events for singles. It's why we have people categories of kids, of youth, of exchanged adults. We're trying to, okay, how can these people better kind of connect and integrate and build connection with one another? It's why we have the global team. It's why we serve. All of it is motivated out of this place of creating connection. You know, we've got Starting, uh, starting Strong coming up ne next Saturday. It's just around the corner. And one of the things we're going to be doing there is we're going to be announcing uh, and, and, and showing some um, uh, visual information about our building renovations. And the reason we're renovating the building is because we want to create more opportunity for connection. 
So we're actually going to make some changes so that there's more opportunity to kind of connect together before and after service. Why? Because we know it's got to be more than the service. Right? We've got to create this connection, this environment where we can get to know each other on a deeper level. So we're going to make some renovations to do that. Also, I want to let you know that you can only see those images if you come to Starting Strong. I've been told we will not be showing them again. And I'm putting my name on the line by saying this, so we better not show them again. But I've been told we will not be showing them again. We will only show them there, so you better be there. We'd love you to be there. We'd, we'd be honoured for you to be there. But out of all that we do, probably Connect Group is the thing that most creates opportunity for this. Now, probably the best way I can describe that to you is this. On Friday night, I was in the service, and uh, Jordan preached, and I was kind of sweating after his preach because, you know, I was thinking, heck, he's got a lot of the same points as me. I don't have to mix up my message. Anyway, uh, after the message, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out, and I saw Susie Hardy. And Susie Hardy was my first ever Connect leader 21 years ago. Right, her and her husband, Steve, led this connect. And Josiah is right here. Their son's on the front row here. It's crazy how God works because this is in the UK. I was in a small church in the UK, and they were my connect leaders. And now they're here, and Josiah's here in the church, and great young leader that God's raising up and using. So it's amazing what God does. But when I saw her, I said to her, oh, Susie, you know, just, Jordan's just been preaching about connect. And, hey, gosh, you know, remember those days? And, you know, you was my connect leaders. And uh, she goes, oh, yeah, I remember it. She goes, we used to pick you up at the bus stop outside your college. She goes, you would get in the car. Uh, Steve would be driving. I'd turn around and I'd immediately say, Spencer, what's happened this week? What drama has unfolded in your life this week? And if you think I'm passionate now, you should have seen me when I was 25. It was like Tigger bounce up and down the back of the car telling you some dramatic story that's unfolded, you know. And uh, yeah, I was, um, I was a, a whirlwind of drama, bad drama, you know. And, and, and you know, as she's telling me, I'm, I'm thinking back, I'm just thinking like, whoa. And then like I felt myself wanting to cry. Because what was really happening was... I was in a world where I was talking all the time, but I was never connecting. So I'm talking all the time at uni, different people. I'm not connecting. But when I got in that car and she turned around and said, hey, Spencer, what's going on with you? She meant, what's really going on with you? And then out would come all this stuff. And so it was an environment for me that was safe. It was an environment for me where I could really be me. Right? I'm saying God's in my life, but I'm, in, I'm a broken human who needs God to help me. And I don't just need God, I need you guys to help me. Because I don't even know how to do this stuff God's asking me to do. Like I need you to walk with me and journey with me and teach me and show me and unpack. I don't even know how to read the Bible. I don't know, should I put my hands together when I pray? Like literally, I just knew nothing. I learned everything through that connect group. I learned how to pray. I learned how to read the Bible. I learned about the importance of sharing my faith. I learned about you can be real and you can cry. I learned that you should not swear and connect. I learned that if you talk about certain subjects, they'll say, let's break into men and women. I learned all kinds of things. Come on, in connect group. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I need that as much now as I did then. I need it as much now as I did then. And listen, it's harder now. It's harder now. When you've got nothing and you're broken, busted up heroin addict, you got you kind of like it's all out there. You, you know what I'm saying? I got no nothing. I got no act left. I'm done. I'm surrendered. But somewhere along the journey, it's I stop surrendering. Or somewhere along the journey, I'm not as surrendered. You know what I'm saying? 
So now when I'm meeting you, I'm concerned about what do you think of me? Or what are you going to think if I tell you that because I'm a pastor? Or what do you think about this? Or is this appropriate? You hear what I'm saying? It gets real complicated. And so I want to encourage us. We need connection. We've got to keep going for connection. We've got to do it for the sake of others and we've got to do it for the sake of ourselves. Jesus examples real connection in a profound way. When you look at his life, he examples the kind of connection that we would all love to have. In John 13, 23, it says this, the disciple that Jesus loved dearly, I love this, the one that he loved dearly, like he don't love the others. He loves them all dearly, but the one who Jesus loved dearly was at the right hand of him at the table and was leaning his head on Jesus, was leaning his head on him. As a guy, there's something about this that, that draws me and something about it that freaks me out. Because I want to get close to some brothers, but I don't want no one leaning their head on me. But for Jesus, this is no problem. Jesus' connection to this disciple is so close that that can happen. I want that, but I don't want it. Hear what I'm saying? There's something about Jesus that he could have this connection. With. I mean, he's 100% human. You've got to get a hold of this. We're not talking about God, right? We're talking about the God-man. It says 100% human, human in every way, every way, suffered every temptation you and I suffered. No different. I mean, that's, that's harder to get a hold of than that he was God. It's harder to get a hold of that God literally became completely human, completely man, right? So he has this connection with people that is just unbelievable. And it's way more than talking, right? It's way beyond that. Because, you know, you can talk to someone for an hour about something you're interested in. Maybe it's your hobby or maybe it's your, your, your field of expertise in your, your, your work life, right? You can talk for an hour to someone. You can drop names and different things. and You can talk about the sports team you love or whatever it is for an hour. And yet you don't like the person at all. Oh, just me. I mean, this is for the 8 a.m., this part, really. Not for the 10, because you guys, you don't do this. But you know what I'm saying? You can talk about someone for a long time and have no connection. No connection. No connection. So, but we're talking about the capacity to have a profound connection with someone, a connection that really means something to them, that means that as a result of the interaction, you feel different. You are different. Jesus meets this guy called Zacchaeus. And um, Zacchaeus is a bad dude, really. He's a thief. He's swindling people. Um, he has a bad reputation. But he, he, he reaches out to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, hey, let's eat together. In fact, I'm going to come to your house. He goes to his house. And within a short time, I don't know how long it was. Let's say it was two hours over a meal. Zacchaeus is so impacted that he says, I'm going to repay everything I've taken several fold. He is so moved through the interaction that Jesus had just in a shot. And how long was it? Was it half an hour? Was it an hour? Was it two hours? I don't know, but a, sh a meal. One meal, the guy is so changed, he says, man, I'm not just really serious about God. I'm putting everything right. I'm so serious. I'm making amends for everything I've done. Come on. He has this ability to connect with people in that way. I read this blog by Dr. Sherry Jacobson. She was talking about things, uh, traits of connection. 
And I thought, gosh, Jesus has every one of these. Every one of these. Listen to this. First one is this. We connect by being in the moment. In the moment. When we connect with others, we're no longer thinking about what went wrong in the past or about our future. We are just fully available and present in the moment to be sharing the experience that we're having with one another. So it means that as I'm speaking to you, I'm not thinking about my to-do list. It means as I'm speaking to you, I'm not distracted by the person walking by that I've got to go ask to do. I'm terrible at this. Like literally, I suck at this. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I've got to work on this. God help me. But Jesus had this amazing capacity to hone in on a person so that no one else would be there. He could be in a massive crowd, right? And it would feel like it was just you and him. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? She's full of shame. She can't be seen in public. The culture says that she's unclean. She can't come near people when she can't even come near God. She comes to Jesus and she touches him, believing she'll be healed. He says, who touched me? And out of the whole crowd, hones in on this woman. And basically, she's completely healed. She's set free. Her life is changed by this one connection with him in a sea of people. He does this again and again. There's a woman being stoned. And she's been caught in adultery. And there's a big crowd that's come to watch. And then there's a few people that are active accusers who are now going to actually stone her to death. Jesus comes up. He steps out of the crowd. He walks forward. He says, he who's without sin cast the first stone. And he writes in the ground. We don't know what he wrote, but we can surmise. I would, I would propose that he was writing people's sins, types of sins. And it says that as he did that, one by one, starting with the oldest. I love that. They all began to leave and all that was left was the huge crowd so the accusers have left but the crowd's still there jesus then steps to this woman and says to her hey where are your accusers and she says they've gone and he says neither do i accuse you go and sin no more and i imagine and that transformed her right transformed her they think that that was mary magdalene who stayed with jesus till his death right it was one of the most you know committed disciples of jesus right so she's transformed in this encounter but i imagine him whispering it to her I don't think he shouted from the crowd, right? I, I think he would have stepped out of the crowd and this would have been very personal. Go sin no more. <laughs> we need to be in the moment if we're going to connect with people. We connect by being ourselves. Human connection only works if there's honesty. It doesn't work if we're trying to be someone else. You can't connect with someone if what you're connecting out of is a pretend or an act or is fake. Jesus did not perform an act. He was sincere and real all the time. He laughed with his disciples, right? He had times of intense joy with them. He got angry. He cried. He bled with them. And he even swore at one of his disciples. Oh, sorry. You need me to unpack that theologically? Okay, thanks. Here you go. Jesus, who is God and man, turns around to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. If you're God and you call someone the devil, that's a swear word. So that's how I'm claiming that one. Hey, we connect by feeling open. We connect by feeling open whether we feel good or not. Connection is not always rooted in feeling good. Man, this was a pitfall I fell into as a, as a teenager. When I was young, I used to think connection with friends is about feeling good. I've got to make them feel good. I've got to feel good. It's about the good times and yeah. It was never about the reality of, hey, see me like that, but see me sad. See me full of joy, but see me crying. I didn't get that part of it. But true connection involves that. 
It's feeling enough trust with someone to share a sad experience or to share a failing or share something that's up to, to let your insides out. Now, the issue with myself is I always compare my insides to your outsides. So you look good, but I don't feel good. Hear what I'm saying? I've got to get the inside out. And as I do, you go, hmm, me too. Or I can identify with that. Or I have compassion for that. I have empathy for you. I understand what it is to be human. I may not understand the exact circumstance, but I get, I get the feeling. People seem to be able to do this with Jesus in an incredible way, in an incredible way. They would tell Him about their most deepest issues, their, their most challenging situation. They would be able to open up to Him. I mean, check this out. He's dying on a cross and the thief on the cross, right, says to Him, who really is humanity that's put Him on the cross, right, says to Him, Remember me in paradise? And he says, you're going to be with me there. <laughs> right, so Jesus is being whipped, beaten, dying on the cross, right? And this guy's having a moment, flip, I'm a sinner. Man, I look at me. I, don't deserve, I deserve to be here, but you don't. And Jesus stops his suffering to say, hey, you're going to be with me today in paradise. Like, what? If I have a bad hair day, I struggle to talk to people in be kind. He's dying and it's because of them and yet he stops to engage with them. What? We connect by feeling empathy and kindness for the other person. Gosh, repeatedly it says he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Anger or meanness close us down to connection as does judgment and negative criticism. But human connection is usually kind. Kindness doesn't mean we approve of everything people do, right? So hear me on this. So kindness may be, bro, I love you enough to tell you that's going to mess you up. Don't, don't, don't do it. It's not God's will for you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that kindness isn't bringing a challenge, right? Kindness, in fact, is saying, I love you enough that I love you more than what I think you'll think of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love you enough that I'll be okay to you be really upset with me. Hopefully it's only for a little while but it may not be. Kindness. Last one is this. We connect when a sense of trust exists between you and the other person. This can happen even between two strangers. I'll give you an example. An elderly person may be carrying a bag up some stairs, right? And you might say, can I help you with that? They're going to trust you enough that you ain't going to run off with it. can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as that. You know, Jesus did these profound things. And we're called to some of them. But also we're called to the very simple things. Let me help you with that. Okay, I'm going to let you help me. No, I'll be all right. I'll do it myself. You know, no, no, I'm going to let you help me. Catching a stranger's eye and smiling. It can be simple things. They can be profound and they can change a person's day and they can reach a person out of loneliness and out of misconnection and bring him into, into connection, hey. Just finally, I just want to finish with this. We need horizontal connection. We've got to get connected to people. But we absolutely have got to have first up, you know, vertical connection to God. Because the reality is without this, you can't do this right. Without this, you can't do this right. John 15, 4 says this, live in me, make your home in me, 
just as I do in you, in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you're joined to me. He's saying this, that as we're connected to God, fruit will begin to be born in our life. Fruit that will enable us to actually have meaningful connection and interaction with people. Why? Because we'll be surrendered enough that we can actually engage with you. We'll, be, we'll, we'll have let go of enough of self that we'll actually be able to think about you and your needs. You know, it's saying that actually as we surrender and we lay our lives down to God and we connect to Him, that will give us this capacity that we will no longer be so self-focused but actually we'll begin to become others focused as we understand what God's done for us. And Galatians 5.23 puts it like this, but the fruit of this connection to God, so the fruit of the spirit of love is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. It's saying this, that when you're full of love and peace and patience and kindness, you've got, you got lots of room for other people, right? But when you're self-focused or bitter or, or full of, I've just got to get somewhere, I'm striving, I've got to get it done, you know, and you're in self, there's no capacity to connect to the rest of humanity. Not really. You can put on an act of it. I've done a lot of that. You can put on an act of it, but to really connect with someone, you've got to first of all be able to let go of self. You've got to surrender enough before God that I've disconnected from self so now I can connect to you. But if I'm consuming self, I can't, there's no room for anyone else. In my world, it's all about me. God's going to produce these gifts as we make a decision to surrender to Him afresh. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.